Hello and welcome to the ninth episode of the Foreign Podcast. My name is Mike Bowden, coming right down your ear lobes from uh, <laughs> from Odensor in Denmark. And you are? Uh, my name's Patrick Garretts, and I'm recording this in Montpellier in the south of France. Fantastic, fantastic. We uh, we changed, we we mixed it up a little bit this month, Pat. We um, we had an interview out last week. Yeah, that, we did, did very well as well. Like, so well done for that. Yeah, and um, it, a colleague of mine, Rasmus, who is um, who is our kind of YouTube listener, <laughs> the, 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 the only YouTube listener we have, but um, he, he commented on it saying that, um, funnily enough, two English people can be different, he said. So what? It, yeah, yeah. So those kind of um, those kind of what's it called um, um, stereotypes and that that we're all kind of like just like one homogenous mass. Oh my god! Yeah, we like have different opinions and, and we're we're expanding people's consciousness. Yeah, that's I it. Fucking love it's it. It's amazing. amazing. Yeah, yeah but thanks very it. much. Obviously, again to Stacey for doing it. That was uh, really uh, uh, kind of him. And um, yeah, apparently his wife said that she couldn't recognise him. So that is absolutely well. I mean, what what greater praise, Mike? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what greater praise? Yeah, his wife just doesn't know who he is anymore. She's packed <laughs> the bags. No, and um, what's it called? And, and something that um, what's it called? He said that um, might you might have liked Pat that kind of links to the last sort of official episode, um, episode eight about the uh, the monarchy, is mm. that um, which kind of segues nicely onto what we're going to talk about today. Um, that when he he became a Danish sort of national, mm. got his Danish passport, and I've forgotten the date now, and I should know, but um, I've forgotten. Oh, but the date, no, no, but it's it's important because the day he did it, right? He went in, did the whole ceremony, which we'll get to later on in the episode. This is what the mm. ceremony is, and then when he came out on his phone, he saw that Queen Elizabeth had died. Oh my God! So basically, him leaving the UK officially <laughs> killed the Queen. <laughs> yeah, so he killed the Queen. And <laughs> it's the uh, universe speaking to him. Mike. That's it. Oh yeah. So he thought you'd like that. He said. So um, I do like that. That's amazing. But yeah, just for the record, I uh, so is it Stacy you spoke to? Yeah, Stacy. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Stacy, I'm really sorry. I haven't actually listened to it yet. I've been completely murdered with work. Uh, but I will listen to it in the uh, in the next few days, so I'm sorry about that. So, if it appears as though I haven't got a clue what Mike's talking about, that's because I haven't, <laughs> I haven't actually listened to it. No. I'm really sorry, but I, I will get to it as soon as I can. And so, uh, Mike, what are we going to talk about this week? Well, we're going to again two segues, two segues to the same to the same oh my thing. God, yeah, double gonna, segue, it's a double segue because we've got. Another another email. Oh from, my god! From, from another Garrett. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and this time it's Zoe. First uh, last time it was Aid, and this time it's Zoe. Thanks very much, Zoe, for writing to us. Zoe is um, Zoe's my sister, for the record. And um, everyone listening is also welcome to um, email us at foreignpodcast at gmail.com. That's or, foreignpodcast at gmail.com. That's it. And also there's Instagram and everything else at foreignpodcast. So if you want to write a DM there, then uh, we'll yeah probably block you. Uh, but yeah, so anyway, this is the email. Hi, both. That's me and you, Pat. Um, okay. I have a question I'd like to ask, please. 
Please, can you tell us if there were any specific milestones, sta- stroke stages, which made you feel more integrated? Question mark. Were there any particular events, stroke processes, stroke pieces of paper that made you feel this way? Do you think you have ever fully integrated or do you always feel some difference? Thank you. Big up the pod. Zoe. Nice. Nice. Thanks very much for that, Zoe. And well, if Zoe probably has listened to the interview with Stacey, and because because no, no, but this is all this is all going to come. This is all going to make sense to you, Pat. Because what we're going to talk about this week is: Are we, or you, or I, or whatever, are we going to become nationals? A French national, as in having Mm. a French passport, or a Danish national having a Danish passport? Mm -hmm. And Stacey actually spoke about this. We spoke about it on the. Uh, on last week's sort of foreign podcast extra check it out if you haven't already and he talks about that for him well we kind of used an analogy really it was almost sort of for him it was like sort of getting married in the fact okay. that you can live obviously with someone whom you love and mm-hmm. and there's nothing really that's going to sort of split you up or, at all or maybe you have children with that person or whatever but getting married kind of just it's it kind of bring things to a different level uh, in your relationship and maybe declaring your love for one another in front of family and friends, etc. It cut, it does kind of add something else perhaps. So for oh, him, he said, he said that becoming getting a Danish national was almost sort of like the final step. Okay. And he sort of, he could, he actually said that he v- looked at the Danish flag differently okay. after he, became a Danish national. I see. So there you go. Okay, well... And um, a little um, birdie tells me, Pat, and that little birdie mm. is you, that, that that you are thinking about becoming a French national. I am which, going to apply for a French passport, yeah. Which has uh, probably got most of our uh, listenership now reeling in shock. How can, uh, I, how can uh, a man yeah. who recognises no nation yeah. um, want to become a French national? I'll get on to that. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna uh, talk. I'm gonna answer Zoe's question. Um, yeah, great. Yeah, do that first. Just to, Sorry. just yeah, to, uh, just, to uh, just talk about my sort of status in France. Like, I'm a, I've got a. It's called a carte de séjour, which is a. Um, it gives me permanent residency. Basically, I've got like the well, and and my family. Um, we we all have the same rights as any French person, apart from the fact that I'm not a French national and I can't vote. So it means that I'm here legally, basically. Obviously, after Brexit, we were all given uh, automatically. It was it was actually a very smooth process. We were all automatically given a ten year carte de séjour, um, which means that we 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 live here and you know it's all completely fine and you know that and that's kind of the end of it. Uh, does that make me feel more integrated? Makes me feel safer, and I'm going to get onto that in a little while. Yeah. The um, I don't. I mean, for me, like the 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 concept of the word integration is is pretty tough. I think I think the the steps that we've talked about. I mean, we we talked about this uh, previously at length. Really, the steps that really made me feel more integrated and still makes me feel more integrated is the the my increase in the competency in the language. Yeah. Like the more the more I um, I can speak the language more naturally and 
uh, more fluently as sort of like young French people do. Young, like for, for the record, like young young people's French, like Gen Z French or whatever. Hey is kids, like, is like yeah. Mar- yeah. is like pretty Martian. And uh, it's, right, it's, yeah. you know, there's, there's there's a real um, there's a real tendency in 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 sort of like in in the way that young people speak to really shorten everything to use a lot of well, obviously in in any country that this is the case but like because I'm I'm getting a lot more used to that now and that makes me feel more integrated because you know it's uh, it takes away the sort of barriers of communication in terms of, like when I got my carte de séjour I mean I remember when the the woman in the mairie she she gave it to me and she gave me this big beaming smile as if to say like well done kind of thing you know you know welcome you know, after I'd been living here already for, you know, like 10 years or whatever, I, you know, I, I, I felt nothing, Mike, nothing. My, <laughs> no, my, heart, mean, my heart was cold. I no, mean, nothing I, moved within me. Do you know what I mean? I didn't feel any kind of like, you know, sur- surge of like pride or anything. Do you know what I mean? I felt absolutely, and I was a bit confused actually, because I, and, and as was she, because I think that she thought that it was just like, wow, this is amazing. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, well, <laughs> Okay, well, you know, here I am, and I've got this bit bit of plastic now that says that you know I'm not gonna not gonna be kicked out for whatever reason. Um, I don't know, like you know, how do you, how do you feel about it? Like, well, you know, what happened to you? That do you feel integrated? Do you do you? I, I guess maybe more so than I do. Um, I think you know what you said about safety is a good point. I think thinking about the, I was really pleased because when I first came here. Um, I only had uh, a work permit and that was temporary. Mm. So my sort of work permit was based on a contract. So I had to get my employer to sort of sign to say that I had a job and how long that job would maybe last for. Mm. And at the start, for some weird reason, he only gave me like a year. So I only had a year. But then so when I had to reapply, he kind of just gave me sort of like three years or whatever. Yeah. And then, and then, when I started to study, then the conditions for my permit changed, so I then had to apply to for a sort of a study permit, mm-hmm. which I got you know there was no problem mm-hmm. with it, but just getting them was just sort of nice and then, after about i think it was about uh, yeah, I did nothing basically um like I mean, I did nothing to get it is what I mean after about six years or five years, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, just through the post, I got a permanent residency. Yeah, um, it's it's the same in France. You don't just get it; you have to apply for it. But it's exactly the same. I think. It's oh yeah, I was just years. given it. It's six years in France. I think. Like, well, after you've been here for six years, you 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 are effectively entitled to. It. I mean, that's changed a little bit now, but like, yeah. Um, and yeah, after that, that was the case for me. And after Brexit, I think maybe I'm jumping the gun a bit on maybe what you want to talk about. But just like everybody else, I suppose who's who's a British national, um, an expat. <laughs> no, uh, uh, yeah, oh, a, a British immigrant. Um, a, um, uh, we sort of checked out what could happen, what might happen. Mm. And um, I read something, I think it was either from the Times, I think, or the Telegraph, that basically said that um, because, you know, I've been here at least many years and I live here and I work here and I have a family here, um, mm. I'm not, it's nothing to do with Europe anymore. It's actually to do with the UN and I'm protected by the uh, International Court of Human Rights. So so saying to me or you, Pet, that, okay, you know, now you're not a European citizen anymore, we can now deport you, they yeah. can't actually yeah, do yeah. that. And right. um, so, yeah, 
So, um, but now I have to have um, a 10-year permit because Britain, um, for those of you listening who, who haven't realised, Britain left the European Union <laughs> on the 23rd of June 2016 and um, or voted to, uh, to leave it. So that now means that I have a, a kind of permit card for 10 years and I have to, uh, it was all pro forma. So mm-hmm. again, there was no kind of doubt no, it, it was it was exactly the same for us. Like yeah. we we were basically once the the actual process of Brexit sort of got into motion and you know deadlines were happening and you know bits of paper had been signed and bloody blah, blah, blah. We were we were effectively summoned. Yeah, you know, we we got like letters through the post saying yeah you know, because obviously we were here you know as on British passports and uh, we we did just go there and. You know, we had to have like interviews. I mean, we had to show them everything. We, you know, we had to show them like the color of our pants, pr- pretty much. And you know, I mean, but there was never, it, it there was nothing that like that caused any kind of problem. You know, at, at all ever. And like, you know, we just sort of went through these interviews, and they just gave us the card and said thanks, and that yeah. was the end of it. Yeah. But to answer but like, Zoe's, oh sorry, I was just going to answer Zoe's so question. Um, um, and again, really, I'm just going to echo what you said. I think what makes me feel most integrated is, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's based, it's language based, but it's not just um, the fact that I can speak it and understand it. It's that I can, I can say what I want. I can communicate. Yeah. I can communicate irony. I can sort yeah. of, you know, I can take the mick. Yeah, I can use slang. I can yeah. even sort of imitate kind of local dialect slang and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just, and when I can do that, yeah, that kind of maybe makes me feel good about myself. It makes me feel a part of, uh, it makes me feel a part of, the, um, of, of you know, not society, of the country. It makes me feel integrated, I suppose. Yeah, and, exactly and, that, yeah. and in a way, what we've actually been talking about quite a lot on here is is the times when we we're well i feel yeah it, it sounds how do i put it don't feel into yeah 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 so well, i don't feel yeah, yeah yeah things mm. about society here in denmark or about things that happen here or whatever that actually make me feel outside mm-hmm. and um and so in a way i would just like everybody else would just like to go about my business go about my day and just be me and not really have any kind of reminder that i'm kind of some other than yep. than everybody else yep. so uh so yeah but if yeah a milestone i think no just maybe just this progression of language and understanding and humor i, I would agree with that completely i probably feel more integrated now than i ever have done and that's because i've spent literally uh six years in the in the university system in france i mean like today was a pretty amazing experience actually i'm doing a master's in nîmes i live in montpellier but uh nîmes is about I know it's about 50 kilometers from here and we're, we're finishing like, you know, we've got our, well, I'm in the second year of it and we, you know, we've got our final lessons basically before we start our work placements and bloody blah, blah. And, um, today was pretty emotional, you know, it's like we, you know, we've been together as a group for like two years and obviously the, the, the people that I'm with, all of the students, I'm by far the oldest, I'm like 50 years old and you know, the other students are probably, you know, they're in their early twenties, you know, I mean, there may be a, a few sort of like slightly older people and slightly younger people, but like generally they're about sort of like, you know, 23, 24. And, you know, we were talking today because it, the the course that we were doing today was about uh, professional insertion, about getting a job, about our work placements and so on. 
and you know, we were talking as a you know in groups the class was split up into groups and we were talking about what we expect to get from our work placements and and so forth and it, there was a pretty uniform answer that was coming back from from the other students in that you know their their main worries were that were that they literally weren't capable of doing these these jobs you know the, the, these jobs in the I'm doing a media course basically so they they're going into things like you know sort of escape game creation and and so forth and you know so i just said i said to them look seriously i know you know i'm a lot older than you and like you know i i've re- i realized a long time ago that what other people think of me is irrelevant you know and and really shouldn't weigh on what i do and it took me a long time to learn that and the teacher like agreed and and so forth so she set us like because it was obviously an issue you know but for a lot of these students you know she kind of set us this task of of where we would write down sort of good things about ourselves and then she gave us sort of like a you know one or two other students to write to write down you know good things about them like a list of five things or whatever mm. and the uh, the one of the other students who who you know basically burst into tears when she did it because like she you know she she was she sort of got to the bit where she was talking she was kind of a bit teary already she got to the bit where she was talking about me and she just started like really like weeping you know what i mean like you know saying that you know i was a really calming influence and and so forth i was like pretty stunned you know what i mean so like, you know i i often feel like quite an outsider and and in those moments i really didn't you know what i mean it, you know it was like i didn't there was no language barrier whatsoever you know there was a proper like emotional connection and so forth and it has taken a long time to get to that place it was like that that was a kind of like marker for me today literally today that happened you know so i think like to answer the question zoe um feeling integrated for me really boils down to like emotional connection being able to sort of communicate effectively to the point where you literally create like meaningful um emotional relationships with people i think that that's what it really boils down to to me not not um pieces of paper and you know a sort of status that's on a computer somewhere you know really for for me feeling integrated is all about like personal relationships really yeah great yeah 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 there you go you're changing you're you're becoming soft in your old age mate (laughs) i I was always soft mike never hard (laughs) So like it, it, let's uh, we we can we can segue like here, yeah. here comes here, here comes the segue here comes let's, the segue uh, let, let's let's talk on to, let, so let's uh, well shall I start or do you want to start because I've obviously let, I've, I've got a big story about about you know why I'm never going to get a Danish passport ever okay so or uh, or, or you, you can tell you, us why you want one it's up to you mate, I, where I, we I, start I'm going to ask you first then because okay. I know you you've, you've told me we're going to talk about passports and and taking on. Uh, sort of official nationality and so forth. Obviously, you're like Mike, you, you've been in Denmark for a really long time, a lot, a yeah. lot longer than I have. I've been Almost in France a quarter of like, a century. Yeah, that's it. I've been in France for like 14 years or whatever. But you refuse to get a Danish passport. And yeah, I know you, you, you've had to, you've had a bit of a media ding dong about this. Is yeah, that right? I have. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I wrote uh, um, in the sort of the uh, the Danish equivalent of maybe the English newspaper, the Guardian, sort of centre left. Um, yeah, I don't know what that would be the equivalent of in France. Um, but yeah, sort of centre-left newspaper. Le Monde. Le Monde, okay. Yeah, and it was a half a page spread. It's not bad for a sort of a broadsheet, you know, one of those big nice. newspapers. And it was basically because, and, you know, this can sound, this can be sort of 
sound rather arrogant. Um, but, 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 but there was two things to my argument. The one was that Denmark or most European countries, Western European countries, um, uh, pride themselves on democracy. On you know, okay. and Denmark, you know, they love the democratic process. If there's a national general election in Denmark, um, you know, I think it's something like eighty-seven percent of the public turn, you know, turn turn up for it, uh, compared to you know, um, sort of mid to low sixties in the UK and in uh, and in and in the US. Again, I don't know the numbers for France, but anyway, for me, for um, but for me, a uh, uh, a democratic system that kind of works or, or works best because as we all know, Churchill said, democracy is the worst form of government apart from all the other ones. So, mm. but it it sort of, yeah, I think to have a, a system, a democratic system that works, it entails that the citizens who are voting kind of know what they're voting for yeah. and know why they're voting and know the system and know the politics Um so yeah, and I see myself being a kind of a social sciences teacher, which is economy, sociology and politics. I see myself and I teach young Danes about voting, the voting system, um, the different sort of political ideologies, the different political parties, all that stuff. That's kind of like my job. I kind of would imagine that Denmark would want someone like me to vote. So why doesn't it ask me to? That was one of the kind of points I was trying to make is okay. that, you know, me voting here, me voting in Denmark for the general election is for the not just for my benefit, it's also for the benefit of Denmark. Okay. You know, the more people who vote and know what they're voting for, the more kind of the the the, the better the system works, right? Mm. So that was so that was one aspect of it. The other aspect was that the naturalization process of getting the passport was so geared towards, yeah, I'm just going to have to say it as it is, getting, keeping Muslims out. Okay. So it was, and to sort of back that up, it was um, things like there's been, there, there was quite a lot of cases in Denmark about people kind of being sent to schools backwards and forwards to sort of Muslim countries and then coming back to Denmark and everything. So what they wanted you to do was they wanted me to document all short and long stays outside of Denmark since I arrived mm. in 1999. So, so I was thinking, right, okay. And lots of people said to me, and they're probably right, you know, just put lie or don't mm. put everything down. But I thought, well, that's not the point, right? You know, mm. I've just gone home for a weekend to see my dad in London, you know, to sh sh uh, you know, at, at some point, you know, I've got no idea. I can't mm. remember, you know, I've, I've gone on holiday with my ex-wife to Greece. I can't remember what year that was. I can't remember the days, the month. I can't remember any of it. Like, why mm. should I, why should I spend loads of time doing that? But again, it's not really about me that, you know, because, because they wouldn't mm. care. But mm. if, if I had maybe a surname that was Arabic or something and I'd left Denmark for more than three months, that would sort of be a red flag, right? Yeah. yeah and, yeah. uh, and then so there was lots of questions like that. So halfway through, I just sort of stopped it. But also what they've added at the end of this ceremony. So let's just say that I um, uh, filled out all the forms. I did it all anyway. And mm. and they say, okay, you're going to, you know, we're going to give you the citizenship. Then you have to take a test. And that's, okay, that's, 
it's a bit ridiculous, but yeah, loads of questions about maybe Danish culture or political figures or royalty or, or, or political, famous political events or scientists or something. You have to know that as well. And then when you've done that, right, then you have to turn up at the town hall mm-hmm. and what they added, and again, this is so cynical, what they added was that you have to shake the hand of whatever kind of local politician is going to hand it out. And that was okay. purely designed because we do have some um, uh, 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 Muslims in Denmark uh, who are, yeah, I, I, I think it only applies to Muslim women, but I don't want to overstate anything because mm-hmm. I'm not sure, but who don't actually, you know, have physical right. contact with touch other sort somebody. of, yeah, yeah. Touch, yeah t- t- touch somebody. So they put that in. So even if you went through all that rigmarole, sorted, got, got, got it all sorted out, they would try and catch you at the final hurdle mm. because they thought the handshake, that is what Danish people do. That is how Danish people greet one another. So, mm. so they would quite literally, if you stood there and said, I'm not going to shake your hand because it's against my religion, they would say, okay, then well, you do not get your Danish nationality. Yeah. And, and and for me, being the sort of person I am, you know, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I don't want to shake anyone's hand because of that rule. Now, I don't want to shake anyone's hand. I don't feel like it. So if mm-hmm. that politician is someone I don't agree with, I don't like, I don't know, then, you know, why, why, why should I want to shake their hand? Mm-hmm. So, so, so for me, that was kind of what my article was about, that if mm-hmm. I, if I do all those things, because I could easily do them, right? I could easily do all of that. Mm-hmm. No problem. But if I do it, then I legitimize what I think is an exclusionary process. Denmark isn't really welcoming anyone. It's trying to, it's it's screening people that it doesn't want. And uh, and I don't want to be a part of that process. But, and I'm also, you know, I also do realize though that if push came to shove and all that stuff I said earlier about human rights or whatever, and, you know, the police were going to come and throw me out. Then I'd probably just have to swallow just all those principles. Yeah, yeah no, I'd probably have to swallow all those principles and uh, mm-hmm. and do it. But I don't feel that I have to do that, so I'm yeah. just not. I'm just not going to do it, and I'm never going to do it. I I fully ran over, that. ran I mean, over. That, that, no, no, no. It's right. <laughs> you know, I, I I fully respect your reasons for for not doing that. That's literally racist. You know, that's not like it, it's not something. You know, I would I would willingly ever support either. You know, like I'm gonna. Yeah, for the record, like I, I, I do have every intention to apply for a French passport. I'm going to probably do it this year, and uh, and I, I, so so why why do you, why do you think that that's a that's an issue? Why, why do I think? What, what was it? Yeah, what what? Because you you seem to you you said you were going to press me on it. <laughs> no, I just think that um, you know, as you said yourself, right? You're there. You're living. You're doing well. Um, uh, you travel back to the UK, you go back to France, you've been here a couple of times. Nothing's, your sort of current life Mm. seems to be fine. Mm. And I would imagine France has some kind of, maybe not like Denmark, but all countries have some kind of test you have to take or Mm. something to do with French history, French this, French that. You know, you might even have to learn the national anthem, Pat. And... um, (laughs) So, so I was thinking something that's sort sort of so tied to the idea of of I think what was it you were talking about that 
all French politicians say vive la France or vive la République was it not mm-hmm. that sort of that you're that you're in a way going through this process you're kind of yeah mm. you're kind of in a way um, uh, um, uh, 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 what's, what's the word underlining being a, uh, well, oh, I can only think of the Danish word that's a really annoying thing you're kind of basically legitimizing yeah this whole idea of of, of, of yeah of the nation and le republic and that's why I think um, I was, you know, uh, it sort of surprised me to, surprised. To, to hear that, that, that you're going to do it. Um, again, for the record, I, I, I do need to explain this. I mean, like politically, yeah, I'm extremely left wing. As in, like, I'm effectively a, an anti-national. I, I don't believe in countries, like, for, for our listener and, and you, Mike. <laughs> like, Jeez, I am yeah. a, you know, I'm, a, I'm effectively an anarchist, in, 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 ideologically. Um, I mean, I don't really like putting labels on it, but you know, I, I I would certainly be in that ballpark. You know, I'm I'm an anti-capitalist, absolutely. You know, and I really don't I don't believe in the idea of borders. I don't believe in the idea that people are illegal. I don't believe in any of that stuff. So, like, I I understand in a way why why that might surprise you that I would uh, that I would apply for a French passport because yeah, mm. you do have to go through like a, a bunch of shit. You know, I don't. I'm not. I don't think you have to justify. You don't have to record your travel. I don't think you have to record movements, but you you certainly do get like thoroughly examined. I think it it takes uh, it takes about two years. I think. Right. Yeah. Um, you don't. You don't have to sing the national anthem. I don't oh, think so. I, I think. You, but you. you do. I, have I, to I would have travelled to Montpellier to record that <laughs> to, to I, film I, I, that I, I, and yeah. put it on the uh, put, and put it on the podcast <laughs> Instagram. Pat singing the French national anthem. Yeah. Um, the reason that I want to do it, and it, this is there really is only one reason that I want to do it. Like if 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 the, if this were not the case, I wouldn't do it. Like you know, I would I I would stay. You know, just having my my British passport, and that would be it. Um, the reason that I wa- want to do it is because the of the rise of the extreme right in Europe and uh, the. We've so we've spoken at length about Marine Le Pen about you know what she stands for etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, and you know there is a chance there is a decent chance that like Marine Le Pen could find herself in a position of like well basically the French president in the next sort of like three or four years, and if that's the case then anyone who's foreign uh, is pretty likely to get their, their situation degraded, like, pretty quickly. And, like, you know, we I mean, we've spoken about how, essentially, like, a lot of these politicians, they're, you know, they're, they're effectively anti-Muslim, but, like, really, it's it's just, it's just a catch-all thing, effectively. You know, we, we had changes in the law, like, pretty recently in France about... It was called the loi de libération. So it is effectively trying to stop people from, you know, basically from North Africa, from uh, from the Arab states, uh, coming to France, or you know, certainly trying to limit it. Um, and, but all it actually does is just makes life a lot more difficult for anybody that doesn't have a French passport. Well, you know, what it really boils down to, I mean, is the is the. Question Can you give an of, example of how that would might affect you personally? Well, for example, like none of like Fiona and I are both. I mean, Fiona's actually got she's got an Irish passport, so All she's right. Europe. So she's European, and like she's got she's got both. And the so so it may not affect us directly, but before this uh, this uh, immigration law was passed, basically after a certain amount of time, 
if you're a child, for example, then mm. you, it's called the droit de sol, the right of soil or the right of land. If you're actually here, like, uh, you know, for a certain amount of time, you're effectively entitled to a French passport and that is being changed. And it's, just, it's to basically make it more difficult for sort of like families to group together. Yeah. Uh, you know, to, to sort of have this like, you know, basically stop trying to stop this like automatic process of becoming a French national. Um, and that applies to us, you know, like our kids, uh, um, you know, the boys were like a year old when we moved over here. Uh, Meredith was three, our daughter. Um, and that means that, you know, before this law, I mean, it's, it's actually being it's being uh, scrutinized by the by the courts at the moment to see whether or not it's even constitutional. So but it did, it did get through both the houses in Parliament um, before this law, they would have just been automatically given a French passport. Right. And now and now that's not specifically the case even though they've lived here for almost their entire lives but they were all born in Britain you see and yeah. like because they, you know because we've got British passports and they've got British passports too you see. Um the reason I want a French passport is because we are now living in an era where like these type of laws are they're not just it's not just something that's the kind of derided in like the sort of you know the 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 left wing and the centrist press. You know, this is this is becoming real, and people like Macron are they ha- they have to sort of they they have to or they feel as though they have to kind of give into it in a way because they, the laws are actually pretty popular, I and mean, obviously, which is why you know Marine Le Pen is, is is you know gaining so much ground. I think I think they've got about around ninety MPs like Marine Le Pen's party in France, so they're, they're pretty powerful already. And like next time, it could just go over the top, basically. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, I actually like funnily like I always get this type of question about effectively it boils down to like am I being hypocritical like based on my views you know should I should I even be considering well this? I didn't use those words Pat, but I can kind of see how other people can land on it's that my, yeah. it's, it's my job to analyse between the lines Mike <laughs> right okay and, uh, yeah, and, yeah, and funnily it. like uh, these these questions the only time I've ever been uh, sort of uh, been asked these questions it always comes from like sort of like centrists and people on the on the right like conservatives right basically. okay yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, uh, yeah. Uh, because guilty. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, for I'll, I'll give a couple of examples of it. Actually, like the um, uh, I'm I, like I said, I'm doing a, a, a master's in media, and for, for both years of the master's, I have to produce a long piece of creative work and a piece of research. And like last year in my first year, I wrote a novel about that was based on research into eco anarchism about green anarchism. And when I sort of pitched my project for the second year, one of the teachers um, basically said that he felt it was it was it was hypocritical to try to sell a novel about anarchism, basically because like anarchism obviously is I mean the, one of the you know mainstays of it is anti-capitalism. Yeah, um, I'll give you another example. Um, when we gave a, uh, had to do a mock interview for our work placements with the teacher I had today, actually. And she asked me, it was a very similar question. She was like, you know, I, I can see from your CV that you're, you're an anarchist, basically. You, you, know, the, you know, there was a lot of stuff on there about anarchist literature and, um, you know, and obviously about the, the novel that I wrote last year. So, you know, she, she was basically playing the role of, you know, somebody that was like planning on giving me a job, basically. She was, she was just like, well, you know, how do you, how do you, you know, justify the fact that you're effectively an anti-capitalist with the fact that you're searching for work? You know, like, you know, why, you know, how do you balance the sort of the, your sort of commercial aspirations with your with your political leanings? 
Mm. And I, and I can answer both of those questions. And in you like, got in, up in, through all the papers in the air no, and no, stormed no, out I, the door. I, 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 I said to her, exactly this. What, I mean, I, I didn't say to the, to the teacher because we were in like a massive freaking meeting. Yeah. But like, um, I, the, the, what I said to her is exactly right. It's just like, well, yeah, I can, I can be an anarchist and I can be an anti-capitalist, but like, you know, just because I'm an anti-capitalist, does that mean that I can't have anything to do with money ever when I live in a society where the only way I can live is to have something to do with money? If I if I don't like get money, I live in a box. Mm. It's just like you know I can't. I have to have money. I have three children, and you know I'm married. You know we have to have a house. We have to eat. Do you know what I mean? It's just like you know at, at the end of the day, I have to do you know, in a society that basically is so critical of people that don't work. If I don't work, then I am an outcast and like especially being a foreign i'm already an outcast because i don't have a french passport so you know i mean it's the same in britain i assume it's the same in denmark we've talked about you know attitudes towards work and so forth i have to work you know there's no you know i have to you know yeah. i have to i have to get a job to answer you know the the professor that you know essentially said i was hypocritical to try and sort of like seek a, seek a, a sort of a commercial element for for an anarchist novel um you know, by far the best way to sp- to spread any kind of like message in any form, and certainly in the media, is through commercial channels. You know, if I if I you know wrote a film about anarchism, and you know sort of like put it free on the internet, it's just like yeah, okay, like it maybe by word of mouth it may, it may spread. That is true, but like it's far more likely to spread if it's on Netflix. Do you see? It's just like, you know, if, I, if, if I'm sort of like taking like the militant aspects of like my art, of, of what I'm doing as, you know, my production, my creative production, you know, mm. I want the most people as possible to see that. And if the, you know, I, like I said, I live in a commercial society. There's very little I can do about that. So yes, I am an anarchist, but I also seek commercial opportunities. And, you know, that's because that is how messages are spread in our society. Yeah. Uh, but my only, you know, and I, I get all that and I understand it. Um, what I would say, if just to sort of play devil's advocate, and you don't have to answer it, but it's just what comes into my mind. It's yeah, I get all that. And it all makes perfectly logical sense. And you're absolutely right in everything mm. you say. But that then basically just pretty much proves the fact that anarchy is just pie in the sky. It's unrealistic. It, 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 it can't it happen. Does, it, it won't happen no, because it, it's, it's it, yeah, it, obviously it all, ideolo- all ideologies are obviously just based on an idea. So that's, you know, in, in, within itself, well, yeah. Capitalism you know, is an ideology. P- p- pure, pure libertarianism not? or pure socialism or pure conservatism. You know, th- there are no countries where you have, you know, it's you, you, all you do is you try and push politics in the direction of the ideology but really as you said yourself you can't be an anarchist 100 percent because you have to work you just have to you ha- you have to go to work you that, have to have money you have to feed your children by that logic i can only, so, I, you know i can only be a dead anarchist yeah, that's you know it. I mean? Yeah, exactly. So, so basically, so then anarchy. So or it doesn't make any sense. As, it's just like, well, yeah, you know, I, like how how can I I, I can still yeah. be an anarchist, but like I still have to exist, and I can still like you know, but like basically, mm. like put that message out into the world. But like by yeah. doing so, you know, I go on demonstrations. You know, I go to meetings. You know, whatever I go to debates, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But at the end of the day, if I, you know, if I'm going to be productive, if you know, like in terms of in, in terms of my fiction, 
you know, uh, people are going to have to buy that stuff. No, yeah, you know mate, I mean? mate, I'm, I'm and, 100% and there's, in there's, agreement with you. But, acute, like, but for this teacher's, I was really quite shocked because like, he's a clever guy. Do you know what I mean? It's just yeah. like, you know, you're, you're literally incorrect. Incorrect, <laughs> incorrect. Yeah, well, I, anyway. yeah, as I said, I would, I would then just argue that, you know, maybe you have sort of anarchist leanings, but no. the, the kind of the idea of pure anarchy is, is just, yeah, it's just like, you know, it's just, it's just impossible. Well, it's it's only it's only as impossible as pure capitalism, which is what what we all live under. Yeah, but we anyway, do, yeah. we're getting no, we're but, getting but, off again off the is, point. Like, let's just get like serious. The thing is, though, we don't live off pure because most, at least Western societies, have regulations. Okay. We don't we don't have a pure. You know, you have maybe minimum wage, for example, in France. Yeah, we do. Right, that yeah. is that, that is a regulation of capitalism. That isn't that is, pure capitalism. That, that is a regulation of capitalism. You also have banks. Like, banks know, have to pay certain dividends. There's certain checks on the banks. Again, after after the the crash in 2007, that's even more regulation. All I'm saying is, yeah, capitalism reg, reg, is, regulation or not, we all live under a system that is entirely 100 percent governed by the flow of capital. Yeah, is absolutely. Yeah, yeah, but but the yeah, but capitalism case. usually is 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 under no, no sorry that that sounds um, that sounds uh, oh nilla in the pet um, doesn't matter. It, it, that sounds like I'm mansplaining. <laughs> it, it, it sounds like I'm mansplaining to you. I understand capitalism as everything is pure supply and demand with nothing in between. So if I want to do a job for you for one euro an hour then you pay me that one euro, that's between us. You can obviously make millions out of the fact that I can do it. But if I'm offering my labor for that price, you can mm. just take it. For me, that is the essence of pure capitalism. And we do not have that pretty much anywhere in the world. So okay. also, so, so my, then my argument to you is that pure anarchism, you know, it's just, it's just not going to happen, is it? It's just, you know. So, you know. Well, yeah. it, it won't, like, if... Uh, if- People like my teacher uh, <laughs> yeah. accuse people, accuse sort of anarchist authors of being hypocritical for trying to get a book deal. Yeah, but as I said, I, I agree with all your arguments. But you no, have to live. I agree. You have to live. Like, I mean, you, you have to we, work this is a, a really long discussion because, like, you, you are right in in a way because, like, you know, pure anarchism, like. You, Effectively, you, 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 like, you don't need the in a way bit, you know. All, all of all of the no, 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 it's true. Like uh, all of the uh, sort of like real world examples of anarchism in inverted commas in action are effectively almost none of them are actual anarchism. And like the you know, the, it's a different podcast, Mike. Like, it's a different uh, podcast, yeah, but it, it's, it's an interesting discussion. And hopefully, wa- maybe I we've wa- kind of got some thoughts going. I think so. With our listener to <laughs> relate that to. The idea of me getting a passport. Yeah. So really, the 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 sort of the argument is that that mean that makes me hypocritical is that like I don't agree in countries with countries, therefore I can't have a French passport. Well, no, now, no, now no. This, no, one, the idea this, was this, this the really process. boils down to going like, through this really the sort of French down nationalism like, process. It's not about not having. I'm sure if they just sent it to you in the post, no one would call you a hypocrite for saying thanks for that. It's yeah, but like, more, okay, well then, how, how else do I, how else do I get one? Yeah, but why do you? You don't need one. That is not the case. <laughs> 
this really boils down to you know the question of identity at the end of the day and how yeah. how identity is viewed specifically in the idea of the nation. I mean, yeah. like me me searching uh, searching. I've been in France for too long. It's chercher in French. You see, looking for or like yeah. you know seeking a French yeah. passport um, has nothing to do with national identity at all. And right. like the 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 two notions, nationality and national identity, are two notions which are. Uh, very easily confused and deliberately so like and you know really the further right you go the deeper the confusion gets they they are not the same thing right they are they they are distinct national identity mike is a fiction it is not real you can believe in it (laughs) if you like but like that doesn't mean it's real in any way like um as philip k dick famously said to one of his students at berkeley in the 60s when he was asked to give a simple definition of reality he said the reality, I'm paraphrasing, is what refuses to go away when you stop believing in it. You know, I don't, I don't believe in national identity. You know, I don't, I just don't believe in it. You can choose to believe it if you want. I mean, we we talk, you know, we talked about the the idea of the national narrative in in relation to the the Danish Queen, like last time, yeah, which is perpetuated by the media. It's not real, you it's know. It, it's a, it's it, it's fiction. It is fiction. Yeah. Um. Obviously, you know, the 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 question of why there is this deliberate ambiguity uh, in terms of the presentation of national nationality and national identity is you know is a is a big topic and you know but I would encourage our listener to ask yourself why there is a confusion between those two two elements and uh, and you know who's creating that confusion and like why it's constantly perpetuated it's it's a different topic. So but to answer I, the question in sort of uh, to sort of sum it up, you want a French passport because you feel that they're. I feel could, threatened. Yeah, you feel like, threatened. And like, and I don't know if like any, if any of you have been watching the news this week. I mean, you've seen in Germany the the AFD, which is a uh, the the far right in Germany, which is becoming increasingly popular. They're they're, they're becoming powerful. Um, have been basically busted. They, they, they've been leaked. Their, their plans for a, a mass mass deportation process have been leaked. So apparently, the AFD has been in in uh, in conversations with neo Nazis about about you know deporting people en masse wow. from from Germany. And this is not like a it's not Germany for for those of you who don't know had a had a large amount of Turkish immigration um, at oh god. I don't want to be. I don't want to say the wrong decade. Like it's. Uh, I can't remember where it happened. It was somewhere. I think they had a, a lot of Turkish 60s. immigration. Yeah, they yeah. had a lot of Turkish immigration, and there was a lot of immigration uh, under uh, Angela Merkel as well uh, from the Syrian war. I think a lot of Syrian people went to Germany as well. Mm. Um, and so the the AFD's plans effectively just target. It's not just. It's not just tur- Turkish people. It's foreigners, people who aren't German. Now, like talk about the confusion between national identity and nationality, um, that just means that everyone who doesn't have a German passport—that's literally what it means. You know, like I mean, we talk about like objectivity and subjectivity in relation to, nas- to to the nation in terms of your national identity. I am like literally British. Like I was, but what that means to me is that I was born. My mother gave birth to me in Nottingham in 1973. Um, which is uh, geographically on a part of the map that is currently part of the British state. 
That's literally what it means. Like, I don't, it means nothing else to me at all. It's just all it means is that's where I was born, which means that I have a British passport. Um, that's my nationality. We we live in a, a in a world that is formed of nations. I can't help that. I can't change it. Do you know what I mean? I was born there. That yeah. like, do am I British? No. Like, if we want to put like you know inverted commas around it, you know, and sort of like talk about like you know, do I you know, fucking you know, go go and eat fish and chips on a Friday night and drink ten pints of Stella and go down the footy and wave a Union Jack and get you know a bulldog tattooed on my ass like no i'm not i know that you know for a lot of people that's not what british means do i do i you know feel emotional when the queen dies no you know etc etc i don't like it means absolutely nothing to me and this sort of like you know national stirring in terms of like national identity is an alien concept to me and always has been since i was a kid okay so if i have to jump through some fucking hoops Methinks the man doth protest too much. If I have to jump through some fucking hoops, <laughs> yeah. right, like to fucking stand in front of, you know, in some kind of fucking, like, you know, council building and, like, you know, sort of go, yeah, 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 like, fine, here's all my bits of paper, like, you know, and yeah, I can speak French and yeah, I know, I'm sure you're very proud of me, whatever, just give me the bit of paper, which means that Marine Le Pen can't kick me out of France. Right. I will do that. Because, like, at the end of the day, like, you know, like I said, in, you know, in terms of, like, the AFD in Germany, you know, they're, like, you know, they're pretty closely aligned with, what you know, with Marine Le Pen's point of view. You know, if, if like, if all of a sudden there were, you know, we're, we're, talk- we're literally talking about a, a situation where the idea of mass deportation of non-nationals is a reality in a major European country. You know what I mean? Frankly, Mike, I'm fucking shitting it. Really? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, fucking for real. Okay. You know what I mean? It's just like, you know, like, I mean, do you not feel in the remote, I, I guess your situation is a bit different, you see, like none of us have got French nationality, you see. Like, you know, um, like Fiona's got a European passport, that's it. Yeah. No, or I like, don't, you what, know, I don't, um, yeah, I don't know, I just, um, maybe I'm just naive, <laughs> you know. They, uh, first, they first they came for the Arabs, Mike. That's right. Yeah, you know, Do you know yeah, what I mean. I, uh, I I don't feel in any way uh, threatened. I don't feel in any way that um, that yeah. I uh, I maybe I just have too much because why 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 would anyone want you know because I, you're you're not, because you're not Danish. Yeah. So what? Yeah, you know, I contribute to the society. I pay my taxes. Yeah, I know, but like my I children like, are Danish. It? My children are Danish. Yeah, you but what if, what if there was some kind of like, you know, like fucking idiot in the council that just goes, uh, you haven't got a Danish passport. I'd, you haven't um, filled in you haven't filled in yeah. this bit of paper or whatever. We've I'd all uh, seen these stories in the news, right? Of I'd like get a, people I'd getting get a lawyer, kicked out of Britain. I'd get a lawyer and we'd have, you know, the court of the International Court of Human Rights would say, um, he can stay where he is, thanks very much. And they, they then those two can deal with it. You know? Well I mean I don't know. I, I mean don't I don't know. know. Like, it, yeah, it's, yeah, it's fine, luxury, like, yeah. But, yeah, I, I don't mean, know. Like, you know, I've, I've, uh, you know, I'm, I'm literally, you know, I'm an, I'm an anti-fascist. I spend a lot of time like thinking about like fascism. You know, to, you know, <laughs> I, I do, you know, like, I, you know, I've done a lot of reading about fascists and anarchists and so forth. And uh, you I know, think what's happened, what's happening in Germany has happened before. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like I'm not, uh, you know, it, it. 
the rise of Marine Le Pen like really does concern me genuinely you know it's just like I'm mm. not, I don't want to you know if, if basically I'm entitled to a French passport because I've been here for so long and, get and all I've got and, and basically what I've got to do is go through a, I, I don't think it's a racist process um, as far as I'm aware that you know there, there are, there's nothing like the sort of handshaking rule in the sort of like French national nationality process I, I don't think that that, that happens I'm, I'm pretty sure that you have to show that you can speak French to like B1 or B2 level, I think. Right. Um, and you, you, you have to like answer a bunch of questions about like French history and French politics. Yeah. I think you, yeah, you have to, yeah. you, you have that's, to, you have that's to show normal, that, I think for yeah, every country. Yeah. You have to show that, you know, who the sort of like foreign minister is and blah, blah, blah. I think I'm pretty sure that's it. As I think as long as you get through all the checks, then, you know, you're, uh, you're, you're, you're French. Well, I think we should, um, you know, um, round it off there but also um go back to it when you know you actually apply yeah. and it'll be interesting to hear about yeah, like, you know, what you I'll actually have to do like, yeah exactly, and um right, yeah. you know when when you get the passport we'll all come round and send french flags and hang them yeah, outside the it, uh, like, you know, the house I'll stand, and, stand uh, outside saluting the, that's it. the vive la france or vive la republic and it. uh <laughs> that's it you know <laughs> I can't wait. I cannot wait to uh, to to, to, to celebrate you, Pat. To celebrate your Frenchness. Oh my god! Oh my god! But yeah, I think we'll uh, leave it there. Um, You know, and uh, it all of a sudden turned into uh, what I did. What I actually thought it wouldn't be a a long pod this week, and uh, now we're um, we're coming up on close to an hour. So, so if you're still listening out there, thank you very much for listening. Remember again that you can contact us on foreignpodcast at gmail.com. If anything we've said in this episode or previous episodes you have any questions about or bones to pick or corrections to make, then uh, we're, you know, we want to learn, we want to do better, be better. And there's also the Instagram profile, which is at foreignpodcast. But I think for now, well, I'm going to say goodbye, Pat. What about you? I'm going to say goodbye to. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye.